So I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm not an artist. I can tell you what looks good, but I can't make it look good. And I'm, many of you are like, yeah, that's me. I can tell you, but I can't do it. Um, but I like to make these PowerPoints or get them so they look somewhat creative to you and appeal to you. And I did not realize this morning, uh, until this morning, a truth about this slide. I was looking at it thinking, man, that represents fathers really well. And if you turn your attention right above the title, you'll see a tobacco pipe, a nice little pipe. And before anyone in here says, John, what are you saying about smoking? Or before one of you jokers says, John, can I have a light or borrow your pipe? It was an oversight, okay, I, I fail. Thankfully, we have a God who forgives, um, but I just, kind of a joke, but really not. Um, so anyway, happy Father's Day uh, to all of you. If you're visiting with us, we want you to know, uh, we're really happy you're here. Uh, we're blessed to have you with us this morning. Um, we're just glad that you chose us out of everywhere you could have gone this morning to worship. And uh, we want you to know we love you, and we care about you, and we appreciate you. And if there's anything we can do for you, uh, we would love to make that happen and love to do that. Um, but like I said, fathers, grandfathers, happy Father's Day. Um, it is a tremendous blessing to have the God of the universe as our loving Father. And it is a tremendous blessing to have fathers in our own life. And you mean so much to us. Uh, for me, uh, my dad means uh, so much to me. Um, there's no one I'm closer with on this planet and uh, he is a counselor and a comforter. He's an encourager. He was a disciplinarian for some time. Um, but he is a, a great man, and I, I'm blessed to have a wonderful father, and I pray that's true for you too. Uh, I've been blessed with many great godly fatherly figures from my dad to my uncle to my grandpa and many in the church. And I don't know if that's true for you, but I pray it is. And if it's not, I pray that, men, that you'll start that in your family with you, that you'll be the father um, that God desires you to be, that you'll start that in your home and in your generations. I, I also recognize this morning that for many of you, it's a hard day. Um, these days can either be really, really great for some, and for others, they're hard. Maybe you've lost your father, whether recently or not. I, I don't know if time matters with your pain. It might be that you don't know your father very well. You don't have a great relationship. Maybe you're a mom out there who's kind of doing everything on your own, and today's a little tough. We just want you to know we see you. Uh, we appreciate you, and we love you, too, on a tough day like today. Uh, but fathers, you wear so many hats, don't you? Uh, you uh, you're a provider. You're a protector. Uh, you're a counselor. You're a, a disciplinarian for some of us more than others. You're a fixer. You're the guy we call on when something's broken. You're a teacher, and you're much more. You just wear, you're like the Swiss Army knife of hats, you just put all these different things on, and we appreciate all that you do. I can only imagine how much stress and pressure sometimes it feels like to be a parent, to have all that on your shoulders. And fathers, I know there's, some, there's pressure there on your shoulders, and I just want you to understand we appreciate what you do for your family. God knows, and you're having a tremendous impact on your kids and on your spouse, and we just want you to know that, and we want to say thank you. I was talking with Tina this week in the office we were kind of joking about how on Mother's Day, you know, we tell our moms, hey, you are wonderful, and we are thankful for you, and you're the greatest, and we comfort you, and we encourage you, and we love on you, and rightly so. And then Father's Day comes around, and it's kind of like, meh. 
In some places, it's like, moms, here's a sermon about how great you are. Fathers, you are terrible. Do a better job. That's not my goal this morning. Um, if you've ever had that, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. And I'm just, you know, I'm not saying Marty's done that. But um, that's not my goal this morning. Uh, you are appreciated and, and loved, and we thank you for what you do. And this morning, all I really want to do is just remind you dads of a couple of truths that you probably already know. And I would assume for many of you in here, you're already doing. But I just want to remind you of those truths to keep on your, uh, on your mind as you live day to day leading your family. And I want to challenge you to do a few things in your home with your family uh, that you might already be doing already. But simply put, it's a reminder. And so if you have your Bible, look at Joshua chapter 24 with me this morning. Uh, Joshua might not be the place you would expect us to go for a Father's Day sermon, um, but he's one of my favorite men in all of the Bible, uh, one of the best leaders that we read of, and I think from what we gather, he, would, he probably made a pretty good father too. Uh, but there's that famous sta- saying that he says at the end of the book that we're going to look at in a moment. Uh, in chapter 24, we're actually going to start reading in verse 14, but if you don't know about Joshua... Joshua was the leader of Israel in his time. Uh, Israel had known Moses. He was their greatest leader. He was really the only leader they had known. And when he dies, Joshua was being trained by Moses, and he takes his spot. And Joshua is strong and courageous as he leads Israel into the promised land. God had promised this land to them many, many years ago, and it is Joshua who takes over the land. He drives out the nations before them. Uh, They are victorious in nearly every single battle. Uh, and he, they do a great job. They take the land. Now, they fall a little short in driving out all the people. That will become a problem for Israel later on. But Joshua is a fantastic leader. And I want you to look at Joshua 24 at something he says really near the end of his life. It's something he tells to Israel and to all the people really before his time is up as their leader, as, as a father figure, and before he dies. If you look at verse 14, he tells Israel this. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, when Joshua said that statement, I'm sure his goal and his plan was for everyone to put that in their house, um, to put it on a sign and hang it up. At least that's Hobby Lobby's goal, is that you will put that in your house. But he said this, and it's a profound statement, and I think there's some truth that we can take uh, from it when it comes to fathers. And these applications and reminders, they apply greatly to moms too, in many ways, and to leaders. But Father, I simply want you to not forget two things this morning. Well, and here's the verse, and we look at it. Number one... Fathers, you have a great responsibility. It was mentioned in our prayer for you this morning by Mike, but you have a great responsibility. In verse 14, Joshua urges all of Israel, serve the Lord, fear God, be faithful to Him. You have this choice that you get to make, and you're going to make it. He says, choose this day. You can go serve the gods that your fathers used to. You can serve or follow the gods and worship the gods of the people maybe in this land or in these lands. 
But he says, you need to follow God. Keep his commandments. You need to follow the path that we have been following. Joshua is urging his people, keep following God as we've been doing. We've been successful. This is not hypocritical leadership. Joshua is asking the people to continue doing what he is already doing. And so he says, continue to have a deep awe and respect for God. Be devoted in living for him. And I want you to notice... In this famous little saying that we put in our houses, this part. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Fathers, you have a great responsibility. He emphasizes us as a home, us as a family. My family, we together, we're going to serve the Lord. The way Joshua speaks about his home and his family you get the idea that Joshua believes he's supposed to be a spiritual leader for them. The way Joshua speaks about his family, he, it's like he thinks he should be guiding them down the path that God has planned for them. Can you believe that? A father thinks he should be a spiritual leader. Don't the kids get any say? You know, don't the children get to decide? Where the home goes, you know, many people today, they want to ask their kids for what we should do or how we should raise you. Or if the kids don't like it, well, then we won't do it. But Joshua says, no. There is a path for us as a family to follow in God's footsteps. And fathers, you play a great deal. Mothers, you do too. But fathers, you play a great deal in leading your home down that path, following the footsteps of Jesus. Here, Joshua is taking initiative And he's taking on the responsibility to ensure his family doesn't go down a different path from God. That they're going to follow the designs and the desires of God himself. He's going to make sure they stick close to their word. And what we gather from this is that Joshua is not afraid to take a stand. He is not afraid to make tough choices. He's not afraid to look different. He is ready and willing to do Whatever it takes to to keep his house faithful, even if the rest of Israel turns to idolatry, spoiler alert, the rest of Israel turns to idolatry. They don't listen. But he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Fathers, God has given us, I say us even though I'm not a father, but God's given you the responsibility of leading your family to follow in the footsteps of Jesus He has given you the responsibility, this purpose to promote Jesus in every possible way in your home. Your goal is not simply to raise your kids, but it's to raise them in the admonition of the Lord. Your goal is not to raise successful kids that go on to have a lot of money and great jobs and a lot of diplomas. If they get that, that's fantastic. But that's not your goal, fathers. Your goal is not to have successful athletes and successful students. Your goal is not to just, whatever the standard of the world is for raising kids, your goal is to lead them in the way of God. It is your responsibility. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying it is your responsibility to get them all the way to heaven. They're going to have their own say one day. They are going to make their own choice. Whether you are... Whether you fulfill this responsibility or not, they will have their own choice. But until they get their own choice, it is up to you to structure your home and to live in such a way that you promote godliness in your household. 
And that obviously takes a team alongside your wife. Are you willing, fathers, to maybe make some unpopular decisions? If you watch TV today and you just took a glimpse of the fathers on all the big sitcoms, you'll see a lot of different type of fathers. You'll see clowns. You'll see pranksters and jokesters. You'll see fathers who are rich and successful. You'll see comforting and encouraging fathers. But you know what you don't see a lot on TV? Spiritual leaders. Have you noticed that before? We promote fathers to be everything but spiritual leaders. And when you read scripture, fathers, he says, you need to be a spiritual leader. That might mean you have to make some decisions to not go with the crowd. You can all go worship this. This is where we're going to stand. We're going to put our feet down. This is where we're going to be. Sometimes those unpopular decisions are not just from the people in your schools and on your streets and on your Facebook or your social media. Sometimes it's unpopular even within your own home. You might make decisions that your kids do not like. They're kids. That's understandable. But you have to make some of those because it is your responsibility to promote godliness within your home. And so like Joshua, fathers, we have to make some intentional choices to have this kind of home, to have this kind of family, to take a stand, even if it's not popular. We have to be willing to be countercultural. Jesus looked very different than the culture around him. Our homes should look very different than the culture around us. That means you might have to make some decisions that are uncomfortable to some, but are good and healthy for you and your family. Fathers, you play a significant role in your home, and I hope you'll embrace it. That might seem stressful. Sometimes we talk about parenting, and it's just gulp. You know, that's, that's a huge responsibility. But I pray you'll embrace it, because what better responsibility that you can have than to help your kids know Jesus? What better purpose can you have in life than to lead your family towards God? What better mission field is there than your own children? Fathers, you might not think you're a minister. You might think of minister and you look at me or Marty or Titus. Fathers, and this mothers too, you're a minister and your ministry is your home. You are serving your family. You are teaching your family. You are the example. Fathers, it's a wonderful responsibility. And while it's challenging, as Mike said in his prayer, it's rewarding. It's rewarding. I saw some of that responsibility this morning. I, I look over and Jake Anthony's walking down the aisle and he's counting. Did you notice who was next to him when he was counting? Little Jake Jr. Hey, I'm trying to teach him to follow in my footsteps. You got a responsibility and, and it's great to do it. And that with Jake connects really to this next point. Fathers, don't forget this either. It starts with you. It starts with you. Look back at that verse, verse 15 of chapter 24. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you never notice that comes first? As for me and my house. You might read that and think he's saying, hey, I'm the dad, follow my orders, get in line. What I say goes. You ever met a guy like that or a man like that? You know, commander-in-chief type? It might be that Joshua is saying this not because he's trying to say, I have authority in the home, which he has authority in the home. But what if he's saying that because what he's trying to emphasize is, I'm not asking my family to do anything I'm not already doing. I'm asking them to follow in my footsteps. When in verse 14, when he says, 
Israel, follow the Lord, serve Him in faithfulness and sincerity, you can assume and you can see throughout the book of Joshua, He serves the Lord in faithfulness and sincerity. He has a fear of God. He's not asking His family to do anything that He's not already doing. Father, it starts, fathers, it starts with you. That's a leadership principle for all leaders, for moms too, but fathers, it starts with you. Parents, listen to me. If you get nothing out of this sermon, please listen to me. You cannot ask your kids to walk down a road you are not willing to walk yourself. If you expect your kids to follow a path you're not walking yourself, good luck. I want you to be dedicated to Jesus. But then your kids look and there's no dedication yourself. Or, hey, I want you to be holy and pure, but stay pure until marriage, kids. I'm urging you. And then they look at us as adults and they look at what we watch on TV. And they look at what we're doing. And we promote the very lifestyles that go against what he's asked us to do. We hurt our own influence. And what Joshua is saying here is, I'm not asking my family to do, any, to do anything I'm not already doing. You're not going to be perfect. Understand, your, your kids are going to see you fail because you're human and that's okay. And your response to your failure is important too. But we can't ask our kids to live a lifestyle that we are not living. You know, think about phones. Parents, do you ever have a struggle with your kids and phones? Do you ever worry that they're on them too much or how it's influencing them? Sometimes I hear parents say this, it's just not healthy for our kids to be on their phones this much. And then you turn around, you know what we do as parents? We're on our phones that much. Like it's bad for our kids, but it's not bad for us. Like the eight hours of influence a day is, is okay for us because we're more mature. So you see the issue there? There's got to be some consistency because our kids notice. Our children notice. And so if we're going to ask our kids to go down this road, we, we better be going down it too. Fathers, we've got to lead from the front. That's like going into a, you know, if we're at war, and I'm supposed to lead you into this firefight, and I say, all right, guys, go on in. I'll be there in a couple minutes. You're like, I really don't want to go in now. Leaders, you've got to be up front. Don't just shove them from behind. Take the path. Walk forward and allow them to follow in your footsteps. They will learn and grow so much more If we lead from the front, it will have a great and lasting impact. And as you lead from the front this morning, I will encourage you and challenge you, if you're not already doing this, to do these three things. And once again, this applies to more than just dads. It applies to moms. But fathers, your family needs to see you minister. Your family needs to see you minister. I I do not mean your family needs to see you look like me this morning. Minister simply means to serve. In some contexts, it makes sense for a local minister like Marty or myself, but it means to serve. Your family needs to see you serve. Sometimes people ask, well, why did you end up, or how did you end up like you did, John? Like, what was the influence that made you want to be a Christian or preach? And I go, I don't know. (laughs) It was many things. Who knows? Well, a combination. But I can tell you this. Growing up, I watched my dad teach classes every single year at church. He was leading, whether it was as a deacon, when he was teaching every other you know, quarter. I watched my uncle do the same thing. I watched my grandfather preach. When we would be at home on Saturday, I saw my dad on the couch with his Bible open. I saw my dad reading a commentary on a Tuesday. 
He was serving. Fathers, your, your kids need to see you serve in the church. That might not be teaching or preaching, but there's plenty of ways to serve. Your kids, if your gift is, if your gift is you're really good at fixing up cars, they need to see you help other people with cars. If you're really good at mowing lawns, or if you're not really good, you just can't stand to look at bad lawns, and so you do it all the time, they need to see you mow lawns for the church. If you can count heads in an auditorium, your kids need to see you count heads in an auditorium. Whatever it is your gift or your opportunities in your life that you have to serve, your kids need to see it here, but they need to see it at home too. They need to see you show love and mercy to people, to care about people. They need to see you working for God on a daily basis. A relationship of faith only on Sunday or Wednesday is not going to influence your kids the way you think it will. Bring them to church is great, but that's the beginning. Either I'm saying something really good or really bad if the lights are flickering. <laughs> Don't strike me. Uh, see, it's that tobacco pipe, I'm telling you. I, I, knew, I knew he was mad. Um, so, but they need to see you serve. They need to see you working. That influence has more impact on a kid than you would ever know. So whatever it is that your gift or your opportunities to serve, be doing it. Maybe your kids are in your home. Can I encourage you? They're still looking at you. They're still watching your example. So whether that's making food, cleaning, building something, fixing something, teaching or print, whatever it is. Fathers, your family needs to see you minister. Not only to others, but to them too. Fathers, related, your family needs you to pray and open your Bible with them. Not every guy is the kind of guy to get up here and lead a prayer. I know that. Not every guy is the kind of guy to get up here and preach a sermon. I totally get it. Or to even teach a class. God gave us all different gifts for a reason. He didn't ask all of us to be a kneecap. Right? That's not how the body works. But that doesn't excuse us from not being a teacher in the home. One of our primary roles, men, in the home is to be a teacher. And our kids need to see us having a relationship with God on a daily basis. And fathers, they need us to open our Bibles with them. And they need us to pray with them. I'm not asking you or challenging you to do something for two hours a night or an hour a night. You might not even be able to do it, some of these things, every night. But on a weekly basis, you need to be by your kid's bedside and say, hey, can we pray? Hey, is there anything you want me to pray about tonight? Or say, hey, can you pray? You need to listen to them pray and see if they're learning how to pray and what's on their heart. You'll get to know them more. But they need to see a father who cares about them, who's concerned about them, who loves them, and pray with them. It's more than just taking them to church. Fathers, they need you to open your Bible and read it with them. Church, is this the word of God that should guide us? Church, is this the word of God that should guide us? Does it only guide us on Sunday? No, it's every day, and it's in our home. And if this really is meant to guide us, and we should love it, then we need to be in it with our children. To not pass that baton off to somebody else. It's not their job, it's our job. Now this applies to both parents in ways, but we need to open our Bible. That doesn't mean you've got to have a three-point sermon. <laughs> that doesn't mean you need to lecture them for 30 minutes. Or keep them from lunch, like I'm doing that to you right now. That doesn't, that's not it. But simply, do you just read scripture with them? A family devotional once a week or twice a week or whatever it may be. Do you have characteristics or a verse you want to go over with them every single night so they get these ideas of God developed in their brain? 
Men, we have got to open our Bibles and pray with our kids. A daily influence with them. That will impact them greatly. It's been said that your children will not know or respect God's word more than you do. And so the question asks is, how much do we know and respect it or how often are we in it? So let's build those habits. Let's be that. And it's uncomfortable if you haven't done that and your kids are 14. (laughs) I get it. How do I start now? By starting. Simply start. Start small and just do. But fathers or fathers-to-be, your family needs you to pray and open your Bible with them. When I say family, that, that means your wife too. You need that time together. And lastly, fathers, your family needs to see and feel your forgiveness. That's a big one. There's the story of the prodigal son, which is an interesting title for a story that's really not about a sorry son, but about a forgiving father. And in that story, you know, the son leaves home with his inheritance and he spends it on reckless living to the point that he's wishing he was fed like the pigs were fed. And he comes home, and if you notice in that story, if you've ever read it before, or if you go home and read it, it says the father was looking out at him. And ran to meet him. And and a question I ask myself is, I wonder how long that daddy had been looking out, waiting on his son to come home. And he runs to him and he hugs him. He is quick to forgive. Slow to anger. He is merciful and gracious. Who does that sound a lot like? Our father. Men, we have got to be forgiving. And your family needs to hear, I forgive you and I love you, your family needs to see it too. Not just hear it, but to see it. Fathers, we will make a great impact on our kids if we are approachable and forgiving. We will teach them so much about what is so wonderful about our God if we will be a forgiving father. That includes forgiving our wife, our kids, whoever it may be. And let me tell you this too, fathers. When we mess up and when we sin, they need to hear, I'm sorry too. We will teach them more about God in those moments maybe than we ever know. But men, we have this great responsibility and we need to lead from the front in that responsibility. And three challenges I give to you to do this week and every week in your life is to open your Bible and pray with them, is to let them see you serve here and at home and in your community and let them see and feel your forgiveness. And if you do that, you will have an amazing impact on the spirituality of your son and your daughter. And it's my belief, I know it doesn't work out all the time 100%, but it's my belief that most of the time they will come to know God and love God because they saw a little bit of Him in you and the way you treated them. Fathers are a tremendous blessing, are they not? I know I'm challenging you in some ways, but I also know this, there's plenty of fathers in here who are already doing this. Kudos to you. There are plenty of fathers who might not do all of these things and are going to start trying, but you're doing so much for your family that's blessing them. And you take this responsibility seriously, and that's a good thing. Fathers, it's a challenge. Parents, it's a challenge. Leaders, it's a challenge for us to be these kind of people and for our kids to follow suit. Uh, This morning, that was the message for you. And we didn't talk a lot about salvation per se. But if you don't know... The God of the universe, as your father, you are missing out. There's nothing like having a compassionate and merciful and gracious God.
that you can talk to about anything, that you can approach with your sin, that He can forgive and remember no more. And that happens by putting that Father first in your life and by being washed in His Son. If we can help you do that this morning, we would love to. Or maybe this morning, you just want prayers as you try to lead your home. Or you want prayers to deal with some pain in your life, maybe caused by parents or something like that. I don't know. But if you have a need this morning, we would love to help you now as we stand and as we sing.